This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show is being brought to you by Crawford's Barbecue Products. Check them out over at CrawfordsBBQ.com. Today's show, Doubleheader, Mr. Rod Gray, Pellet Envy. Originally aired July 17th in 2012. Greg and Rod talk all things Hall of Fame, Wagyu, little of this, little of that. You're going to enjoy it. Here we go. Let's get to it. My first guest tonight, one of the most popular and polarizing pitmasters on the circuit. It's been a little while since he has checked in, so I figured time to play catch up, see what's happening in the world of Pellet Envy. So we go ahead and race over to the hotline and pull up a longtime friend of the show, Rod Gray. Rod, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Greg. How are you, buddy? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Rod. I always appreciate you uh, taking time for the show. I know you're very busy. And a lot of different points and topics that we're going to be covering here tonight. So fasten the seatbelt, if you will, as we uh, bowl through these over the next two segments. All right, so last time we talked, I believe you had started to mention that you were making a bridge over towards the Wagyu briskets instead of just what you're getting out of Sam's Club. Uh, Something that you're sticking with uh, as you get back on the trail, or will you go back to how you were cooking prior? Uh, you need to look at your notes. I gave that stuff up last year ago, May. I'm cooking regular old choice grade brisket. You're cooking regular old what? Choice grade oh. brisket. All right. So well, so you tried it, and now you're back. What what didn't you like? I mean, it still seems to be pretty popular. Yeah, I think it's very popular. I think there are a lot of guys that are taking it and winning with it. I don't fault them for that. It just didn't work for me. With my processes and what I'm doing, I'm, I'm turning out some pretty phenomenal brisket, and I'm saving myself a boatload of money. Is it results and money coupled together, or more money and being able to achieve the same result? I mean, were you able to achieve similar results with a Wagyu, and you're just saving money? No, I, I did not achieve the same results with the Wagyu brisket that I'm achieving with the Choice Free brisket. I, it's just me. I can... I'm not going to do it, but I can name some of the best teams in the country that are cooking the expensive stuff and doing great with it. Sure. I just wasn't one of them. I just couldn't do it. And I don't fault those guys for it. If, if that stuff propelled me to the winner's circle every weekend, I'd be buying it too. I just couldn't get it dialed in. It just wasn't working for me personally. Rod Gray joining me here on the show. You know, when you first started cooking, you were running a pair of FEC 100s. Uh, now it's straight Jambo. You won a lot of competitions with the FEC cookers, as many teams do, and many teams are still doing. How do you? Comp- I mean, obviously, there's a very simple answer to this question. I'm not actually looking for that. I'm a little smarter than that. But how do you compare and contrast the two cookers since you have used both extensively? Where's my laugh track? I wanted to hit it during that. But um, here, I get this question a lot. Here is uh, here's my answer. Yeah. I would turn the thing about a pellet cooker, about an FEC 100, or actually mine were FE 100s. They were predecessors to what's out there now, and I liked them a lot. But what, the best thing about them was consistency. I turned out the same product week in and week out, fabulous stuff. But on my best day, I wasn't as consistent on a pellet cooker as I am on the Jambo. And what I mean by that is, 
I consistently turned in a really high-level product uh, off the FECs, but guys cooking on a stick burner were turning in some average stuff that was beaten. So it, it just got a little frustrating, and, I, and actually one day I realized no one has ever been the national team of the year cooking on pellet-fired pits. And I thought, you know what, if you can't beat them, join them. It was a new style of cooker. It was, it was an offset. I got a whole lot less sleep. You can tell what it's done to me. But uh, it was it was worth a switch, and uh, it was a new challenge for me. And, you know, first time out with it at a contest, I won on it, realized that my recipes would, would translate, and away we went. And two years later, we were, we were the national team of the year. So is it just consistency that the Jambo was giving you? I mean, you see them all around even more and more. They, they became very popular after that first season of Pitmasters when Jamie Gear was on there and was able to really kind of talk about it, and you saw how sexy they were. But look, I mean, strip away all the sexiness and the big boobs and the great ass on those things. They must be just phenomenal cooking machines. Actually, the, when people approach me and say, talk to me about a pellet-fired pit versus a, a stripper like a jambo, here's, my, here's what I say. I used to play golf in a younger, more svelte uh, body. And, and cooking on a jambo is like playing a perimeter-weighted iron. You know, you hit a bad shot, it helps correct it, and, and it flies down the fairway pretty decent um, compared to a blade, which if you hit it flush, you hit it on the nuts, it, it's going to be a great shot. But if you don't hit it properly, it sprays all over the place. Cooking on a pellet pit is like hitting a blade, a perimeter-weighted club, and cooking on a jambo is like hitting a – like, I'm sorry, it's like hitting a blade. Um, they're just, you can do more things on the Jambo. Look at, let's, let's use last weekend as an example. I think you already mentioned it. Maybe, uh, a guy at 9am on Saturday morning gets DQ'd, um, for taking his meat off site. He goes into Sam's club, he buys all new meat. He starts cooking it after 9am and he finishes fourth. Brisket ribs, pork and chicken. And he finishes fourth on the Jambo. There's not a lot of pitch you could do that on. Rod Gray joining me here on the show. Um, before we uh, go to the first break here, Rod, is there a cooker out there right now that might not be as well-known by most folks that could be poised for the title of, like, the next best thing that you – I mean, you, you know a lot of people inside, outside the industry. Is there a cooker that you're hearing about that might be, like, the next big cooker that could be upon us in the next six months, year, two? Well, i got to answer that in two parts really quickly. The first part is it's not pit. It's the cook. Once you know your pit, you cook on anything. In my opinion, to answer that question, I think we're on the horizon of seeing uh, a gravity-fed charcoal pit really dominate, probably. I think something like that new Rebel that's out, out of the St. Louis area, might be the next big pit to cook on um, because it gives you some convenience, but it's not requiring electricity and pellet-driven you know, motors, things like that. Um, I think that might be a great combination between a stick burner and, and a pellet pit. However, I'm going to tell you right now, a Jambo is just a really, really hard pit to beat. And we are chatting with Rod Gray from Pellet Envy. Rod, thanks for hanging with me through the break there. No problem. Let's stay on Pellet Cookers just for a second because uh, we're kind of back and forth on that. There's been quite an explosion of pellet cooker options available uh, you know, over the last couple of years in the market right now, especially, like I said, over the last couple of years. I'm not going to ask you if... They are some form of cheating, per se, when we talk about competitions. But do you think it's important for any pit master to have some semblance of real fire management within their barbecue career, uh, barbecue career, barbecue career at some point or another? 
To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Hey, before we get into the second segment, let me take a minute to tell you about Crawford's Barbecue Pit Spritz. Pit Spritz is all natural and gluten-free. Pit Spritz keeps your meat super moist during the cooking process. The peach Pit Spritz adds an amazing sweet peach taste to your barbecue. It's great on all meats, and it does exceptionally well with pork. All you need to do is screw the included trigger sprayer onto the 16-ounce bottle, and you are ready to go. Crawford's Pit Spritz also works great as a wrapping liquid, helping you to bring your barbecue home. Get all the details on Crawford's Pit Spritz over at crawfordsbbq.com. Be sure you use the coupon code GREG at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's GREG, G-R-E-G. Do you think it's important for any pitmaster to have some semblance of real fire management within their barbecue career, uh, barbecue career, barbecue career at some point or another? Does the NASCAR driver have to know how to rebuild an engine? Well, I mean, I bet ninety percent of them probably know how to. I don't know that. Do you really know that? Uh, I no, feel I feel safer. Don't. I feel. <laughs> I feel safer saying 50% probably. Okay. Well, they, they might wear hair gel. Masters know how to run a fire, so I think we're there. It doesn't matter. It, it's not about fire management. It's about winning a barbecue contest. However, you can get there as long as it's legal. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I'm hard. Uh, who cares? Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm subconsciously calling back to the traditional barbecuist. I guess, you know, when I cut my teeth five, six years ago, you're always told, know your cooker, know your cooker. And while I love my pellet cooker, I also like to know the fact that if I didn't have one, I could fire up a cooker and do an offset, and I could do it through charcoal, and I know the, all these different methods that maybe other people aren't bothering to learn because they have a pellet cooker. I understand what you're saying. Am but, I just bragging? Uh, you know, we're mixing apples and oranges, I think. Winning a barbecue contest is about cooking good stuff, but... Uh, knowing how to run a proper fire, I'm not sure that's a, a, a big necessity. All right, so if it's not a success, if it's not that big of a necessity, and less than fifty percent of NASCAR drivers know how to rebuild engines, are you opposed to allowing any and all cookers into barbecue competitions at this point? Should KCBS just open the floodgates and, and let the propane cookers in and the electric cookers? If it's if it's the cook and not the pit, why not? I'm not opposed to it. I've never have been. You can get, you have me on record. And if you can find it in the minutes, and I'm not opposed to, to opening the floodgates and cooking on whatever. Run what you brought, baby. That's all I care. Uh, so, it. I mean, like, what do you think the holdup is? Are they so stuck in traditional ways and some forms and fashions that they they won't allow it? I mean, does that just get killed immediately down in a vote? Yeah, pretty much. There's still a lot of old guard on the KCBS board. There's a few young guns there, but for the most part, it's just not going to happen with the current group. Does it seem a tad... I'm sorry, you're talking and I don't even have you on screen. Does it seem a tad hypocritical for the old guard to not let propane cookers in, but I can go plug in my pellet cooker and set it at a temperature and not be able to tend fire? Forget the fact that we're, I guess we're kind of skirting those rules because it is using a form of wood for fuel. Or if I'm using charcoal and I'm using a barbecue guru or a stoker, I mean, that's not necessarily 
causing me to learn or keep up any type of tradition. It, it seems a little hypocritical of me if you're not going to let one in. Why are you allowing a pellet cooker and uh, a, a guru? Well, I agree with you, and you have to know a little bit about the history. Remember, the guy that proliferated pellet cooking actually sat on the board as they were being as they were really being brought onto the scene, and so with his help, they they found a way to put pellet cookers into into play. Had it been a guy that was developing a gas fired pit, for all I know, there'd be gas fired pits on the circuit right now, but that's not how it happened. Rod Gray joining me here on the show. PelletEnvy.com is the website. You can follow him on Twitter at PelletEnvy. Uh, Rod, you've been in the barbecue game for quite a while now. What are some of the biggest changes that you have seen in the competition world since you got into it? And maybe even something that you used to do that you don't even do now. <laughs> oh, shit. Who knows? Uh, I'll tell you the one thing I see that, that bothers me, and that makes me a crotchety old barbecue cook. I'm tired of seeing the young guns holding the number one sign up when they when they win a trophy at a barbecue contest. It's like, really? You're number one of what? Of that category on that day? It's a damn long season, fellas. Act like you've been there before. Is there a little classlessness that's happening uh, during award ceremonies, do you think? Well, it's not classlessness in their eyes, of course. But uh, And maybe it's us older guys that aren't winning the way we used to. Maybe we were classless when we were winning like that. I don't really know the answer. But it just seems like the new guard has a totally different mentality about competition barbecue. And maybe I had that when I was younger. I don't know. I think I've made a few enemies on the circuit. I don't know about enemies, but I put off a few people and – Honestly, I'm fine with that, but but I don't think I ever raised my finger and wanted to show everybody that I had an index finger on both hands or whatever it is. I'm not quite sure. Or the faux gang sign or whatever. You might watch out, Greg. I think somebody's stalking you from behind the banner. Yeah, my middle daughter's going to bed. She's uh, wishing me goodnight from afar because she knows I'm very important on the Internet with Rod Gray. I can't stand watching myself on video, by the way. I need to just stare at this green dot and quit looking all over the place. I look like a... Special needs child, that's probably a horrible thing to say. That wasn't good. You said special needs, not retarded. See, now people will send me email. That's all right. I got a retarded cousin, so I'm allowed to say it. All right. Now, look, uh, Barbecue Hall of Fame. Um, yes, I, I have found out through the very depths of my knowledge that you are somehow in cahoots or you're sitting on like a subcommittee of election or what's your capacity with this Barbecue Hall of Fame? Um, I currently am the, the subcommittee chairperson of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. So basically, I'm the Barbecue Hall of Fame committee chairperson. It's a subcommittee of the marketing committee at the American Royal. So uh, the buck stops with me. So here's the great thing. It was finally picked off the Internet in that ridiculous, like, limbo state that it was sitting on as, like, just an Internet site um, that I think was run by uh, Ray Basso or whatever, who runs a horrific forum. Anyway, now you, you have picked it off. And you have going to be putting in brick and mortar. You have people going in. Um, what was the impetus of actually getting a, like a true barbecue hall of fame going instead of just leaving it online? Well, it was dying a slow death online, like you said. Now, look, I'm going to give Mike and Ray a lot of credit. They thought it up. They founded it. They got the ball rolling. They had seven inductees go in, and then I think in 2011, no one even nominated anyone for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. <laughs> so um, it just seemed like time that we have a legitimate National Barbecue Hall of Fame, and where better to have it than at the American Royal, you know, uh, home of the only true barbecue invitational in the world's largest barbecue contest right here in Kansas City. 
And by the way, it's not going to be Kansas, just because it's located in Kansas City, it is definitely going to be a National Barbecue Hall of Fame. And uh, truthfully, we got a lot of help from Sterling Ball on 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 coming with it, coming up with this decision to do this. And so the Royal acquired the rights to it, and its new home is at the American Royal. All right, so we have a, a, a new inductee class going in, and it seems there's a criteria set, a pitmaster, a man of indi- well, man or woman, industry slash business, and then you have a celebrity going in too. So first two I have like zero problem with. Johnny Trigg goes in this year. I mean, what's the voting process? Is that do you have the uh, the the uh, competition barbecue sports writers of America? Do they get a vote? Am I going to get a vote? I mean, how are you picking people going into the uh, Hall of Fame? Just uh, as a general, like, what's the process? Well, just know this: um, we needed to acquire that entity legally, and it's a lot slower process than a lot of people believe it is. So truthfully, there was no need to start picking candidates to vote on until we were acquired, until we were legally had the rights to it and things like that. So this year, a panel of folks who sit on the Barbecue Hall of Fame committee uh, were the the people who did the voting. Um, uh, We we selected some people for nomination, um, each several people in each of the three categories, and then we we voted it out and the winners came out on top and they're being inducted this year. So the... The worst thing about it is this celebrity category. When is that going to get removed, and who can I forward a petition to? Ron, you I'm telling you, it is such way right over here in the trash can. That is Listen. such. It is such a gray category. I mean, why? Why the hell should Guy Fieri be in a barbecue hall of fame? Guy Fieri uh, or Guy Ferry or I don't know what no. his name is. What? Why no, should I'm he sorry. be in? That's not fair. Listen, listen. Here's the deal. We want to make the Barbecue Hall of Fame legitimate. We want to make it a brick-and-mortar facility that people can visit in the future. Okay. And I'm not going to lie to you, it has to be a little bit self-serving. We want to bring people to the American Royal on Saturday night. All right. So the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is Saturday night. So we got two really strong, legitimate, traditional categories um, in the in the pitmaster and in the business and industry category. And then... You know, I'm not going to lie to you. We need another category that brings interest to the Barbecue Hall of Fame, brings interest to the American Royal, and yet legitimizes somebody who is out. If you read what the Hall of Fame is about now, it's about the promotion of barbecue to Americans. Um, And I'm I'm just going to tell you, who better than Guy Fieri to promote barbecue to Americans? He's on the Motley Q team. No, he's not. They won the American Royal. Yeah, he's on there. He's he's there. He can't really. be there all the time. He has other commitments, but he's been there. When? Uh, who'd you want? You want Bobby Flay? Who'd you want in that category? Bobby Flay would be better. Bobby Why Flay has Bobby TVs be about barbecue. Bobby Flay uh, has been seen cooking on barbecue uh, implements. He would draw a, a bigger crowd than Guy Fieri. To me, I'm now, let me, let me say this. I would like to have neither of them. But if I'm picking between yeah. the two, I would rather have Bobby Flay. I would rather have Stephen Reichland. I would rather have Dr. Barbecue. Uh, people that are actually – and I, I know they're not celebrities. If we walk down the street and it's me and you and Guy, I mean, nobody knows us, Rod. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I, I get it. I get it. And, and, and I hope that you can see our side of it in that we need someone who not only we put into the Hall of Fame for what they've done to promote barbecue in America – but also to garner some attention of who we're putting in and what we're doing, because that's important. You know, 
Having done this, the National Barbecue Hall of Fame has brought some additional sponsorship dollars to the Royal, which makes us put on an even better ceremony on Saturday night, and which in turn, ultimately, a lot of people don't know this, but the ultimate purpose of the American Royal is to raise money for scholarship youth who want to learn um, about the agricultural traditions and, and ways in the U.S. So it, it's all for it's all for good effort, and we'll just have to agree to disagree. I think Guy Fieri is a fabulous pick. Fabulous or not, he's in there. Anyway, that is the best moments from July 17th, 2012. Hey, head on over to CrawfordsBBQ.com. Don't forget, right now, put in coupon code GREG at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Until the next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.